0: Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. Now, Charlie, business owners, we kind of know the value of email marketing. Do you think it'll ever die? No. Damn straight. So if you're listening to this, go and join our newsletter because it will never die. Head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and we'll notify you every single time we drop one of these episodes. Charlie? Would you like to cue your disclaimer?
1: Dude, that was the smoothest intro you've ever done. Damn straight. Cue it. Cue it. Cue it. Cued. (laughs) No, put the disclaimer (laughs) on. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing. And I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Grant, we're doing some Q&A today. One of my favorite types of episodes. Do you enjoy the Q&A? I was going to say, do you reckon we could just turn all episodes into Q&A? I actually have a secret fantasy of being Dave Ramsey. So Wait, we call in. All right, uh, did you get all of your net wealth from Inheritance? <laughs> well, that's being real. The reason we do it as Q&A is I'm not confident enough we get enough call-ins at this point. Also, we record pretty early in the morning and I was like, I'm not sure a lot of people are even awake at this time to call in. But totally. long-term vision is like me at a desk and people call in and we have like a talk radio show. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with like who uh, like Neil Mitchell is. I know Dave Neil is. Mitchell. Yeah, that's that. That's where we're going here. That's where we're going. Now, not that this episode is going off course already, but big thank you to everyone who actually sent in questions. So um, as this show keeps growing, every time we put a call out for questions in, we get a lot more questions now. Yep. Uh, can I? I'm just going to tell a little like truth. The first Q and A, we actually just got questions from a Facebook group. <laughs> I mean, they were real emails I got <laughs> and real questions. Whoops. <laughs> Wait, us being the only subscribers to our own newsletter, did it get what? you okay, I think that is authentic then. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, well, you've got to start the trend, right? But now they're legit. They're oh. coming in in volume. So hey, thank look- you to everyone that does. Now, as a refresher... If you do want to submit a question for the show, there's three ways to do it. You can email me at charlie at businessandinvesting.com. That is the email I use. If you send something in, I will add it to our list. Two, if you're on the email newsletter list, which if you're not by now after these fantastic introductions, I'll be disappointed. Reply to an email. Let me know. I'd love to get some more people on the list and also get them subscribing. And then number three is in the Facebook group which, again, a lot of really fun conversations have been happening over there in recent times. So great way to enjoy with our community around the show. Today, though, first question, we're going to dive straight into it, Grant. Let's do it. Question one, is dropshipping dead? And a part two to this that may or may not have come from the question itself. I might have added this or tweaked it. Okay. If Grant or Charlie were to start a drop shipping business uh, today, how would you approach it? <sighs> All right, I so I got to, I'll set some context before I kick this over. So, uh, drop shipping for those who aren't familiar with it is when you set up an e-commerce store online and you do sell products. Except instead of fulfilling the orders yourself, you would have someone else fulfill them and ship them uh, direct to the customer. So, why do people do this? Is you don't have to have a warehouse or a whole heap of stock. Um, is really popular, and then the other one, it's very popular in like the side hustle culture because it's not something you. It's something you can do at night yep it's a very very interesting thing now grant i know this for me i'm not certain about you on this one i actually had a drop shipping business at one point well what were you drop shipping so i was drop shipping men's hair loss products on ebay i uh, get out hang on like the rogaine and stuff i was the biggest seller of rogaine Dude, in I australia s- at
0: one point i feel as though i bought rogaine for me once and i feel like it wasn't real rogaine
1: Look, if you've got product issues, you can take it up with the supplier, right? <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. The irony being is I've lost out of losing my hair much later in uh, life and I'm like, is this, the, this like, the product coming back to bite you in the ass? I had luscious thick hair at the time when I was selling it as well, which is just hilarious <laughs> Great, and irony. Greatest product model ever. Huge. Have you danced in this camp? Did you? I feel like a lot of internet marketers that got online when we did, this was like a thing you did. Charlie, can you really call yourself an internet marketer
0: unless you had a dropshipping business?
1: Honestly. No. And if you haven't taken your laptop to the beach and gotten sanded and been like, this is a terrible idea. Why do they put that in the photos? <laughs> taking a photo? Yeah. Then you're not really an internet marketer. Dude, totally. I did this. did
0: I I know four main ones that like lasted the longest period. And I know that there were others that I brought in. And I can tell you the four sort of main ones that I had. So I had a dropshipping website for... The plastics that go on the outside of motorcycles which are called fairings. And I actually had two websites for that, by the way. Uh, I had gun safes and like gun accessories. I had uh, cots and kids things
1: like baby cots and stuff like that. And then I had like the big one
0: was like dog candles, chicken coops, etc.
1: So my main question here is being you were had these businesses and I did as well, why did you get out of it? If it's such a good business, Grant, why did you move on? So I closed three of them. <laughs> And then sold the fourth one. Um,
0: easy. I can answer this. So the challenge that you've got is you get squeezed. So two of them I closed because my supplier went to all of the avenues that I was selling through and just cut me out because I was just doing arbitrage. I was just buying it for 100 bucks, selling it for 120 keeping the difference until they figured out how to do SEO. And then <laughs> they squeezed me out. And I'm like, whoa, I got one trick and now I'm completely squeezed out. Uh, and then the other one I just sold out of, like, we'll still make it in margin, but the margins were getting squeezed. Revenue was slightly tanking, kind of very plateau by the end. Um, and so we just ended up selling it to a competitor who wasn't a dropshipper, who had his own warehouses and stuff. And so that's exactly why I got out. I'm like, I, I either got squeezed out or the margins got compressed. And like the only option I had was to really sell it. Like it was never going to be uh, make me a lot of money.
1: This is only my experience and opinion. I'm not going to say this is fact, but for me, the reason I got out of it was much the same as you is that the margin got squeezed heavily. And then I found a better deal actually buying in bulk. So as that margin got squeezed, I would go, do you know what? I can buy this 30% cheaper, making numbers up, but why not? Um, If I buy it in bulk from the supplier and then I can make more revenue or sorry, more profit per transaction and I feel like a lot of people got onto that as well, where it just becomes less and less unviable. And did you experience this challenge as well? As like, let's say your margin really gets under 10%, which for a lot of people, it does. Mine did. Yep. If Australia Post lose one item, you've got to sell 10 to make it up if you have to buy another item to send to
0: the person. Dude, we were selling chicken coops at 650 bucks. Someone would fraudulently buy it under someone else's name. Then the person's credit card they stole would do like a chargeback. I would not have a chicken coop, so I'd have to pay the supplier for like six hundred bucks with the chicken coop, and I'd lose the six fifty. And so then I'd need to sell like ten other chicken coops to make up the difference. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this just—it's brutal. Yeah, and so I did. I had that a lot. It was it, yeah, it was like something that I just I struggled to get
1: through much the same i won't say this is universal but my experience at the time was about one in 50 i was losing
0: yeah we had we had a factor i put in so the the fraudulence that we had because people were buying chicken coops and then like selling them on like gum tree like criminals um dude it was a massive problem throughout the entire industry the guy that bought the website like had the same problem
1: what a unique problem i would not expect in chicken coops yeah
0: because they were um because they were like 650 bucks so they bought it with someone else's credit card, and then they'll throw it up on Gumtree. So for like 200 bucks, it was just a smooth move on 200 bucks. Oh, I bought this and I didn't want it, it's still a brand new box, And it's yeah, you wouldn't even question it, right? Nope,
1: ain't no one gonna question that you've stolen it.
0: <laughs> so interesting.
1: Yeah. So, we're unpacking some of the downsides. So, binary answer is drop shipping dead? <laughs> I would love to say
0: no, but it should be. <laughs> it's like, but it's it's not dead, right? Because... there are still so many opportunities for people to get in. I just think that the key thing that people need to understand getting into dropshipping is that it's finite. It is, it's almost like you go into something to make a payday, but knowing that it's not going to be around for a very long period of time. Right. And so it's like, cool. I have a unique advantage to sell these things for the next 12 months, 24 months before someone comes in and like compresses my margin or sweeps me out or whatever deal I've got disappears. And that's all it is. It's like a flash in the
1: pan much to your point on that i think you if you are going to be in drop shipping you really have to be aware of like always chasing the hot product because when a new product comes that's when there is margin totally, and then it kind of shrinks over time as it becomes more competitive or the supply gets into it so i've seen both of those or experienced a little bit of that as well myself
0: did you ever see the youtube ad of like buying the uh the drop shipping business of buying the wolf mug and how much the money they made. And just coincidentally, it was like when Game of Thrones was massive. <laughs> there was like, this is how you're gonna make a fortune. And I'm like, dude, it's only because of Game of Thrones, like a guarantee you ain't selling no wolf mugs now.
1: <laughs> uh there's always that one guy that he hit a trend and he thinks it's gonna last forever. That and was he it. didn't long play it.
0: Lightsabers when Star Wars came back, man. Like you, I've seen it so much. And I've met the business owners as well. And I'm like, oh my gosh.
1: How do you feel about this though? Is drop shipping a good business for someone who's, let's say, someone's newer in business? Is this a good place for them to cut their teeth and learn some skills? I think it is, especially now with like Shopify. So, like you, what
0: you're spending fifty bucks, hundred bucks a month on subscription, uh, you can run some ads. Like you, the risk that you have is minimal compared to like I was looking at buying a shipping container full of chicken coops at fifty grand. And I'm like, you can set up a website through Shopify, you can set up products and you can sell it or advertise it through whatever avenue is your unique marketing avenue is um, with a couple hundred bucks or a couple of thousand bucks. And I'm like, and then you can cut your teeth on something versus trying to set up a product and design a product and manufacture a product for five years <laughs> before you go get it in front of someone and learn how to market after you've spent a fortune. I think I I think it's a great place for people to cut their teeth. I think it's, I I recommend it. Interesting. I'm not sure
1: I do. Why is that? I think it's a great place to learn skills. I will give her that. I think it's better than doing nothing. Agreed. But I just think the upside potential is too low. It might be a great place to learn skills, but like who's – in my view, and we'll get into how we would do it today, but it wouldn't be as like a side hustle venture. I know I already yeah. can – I can perceive how you would do it today and I know it isn't something that's achievable for someone who's trying to do this while working in Idle five. Um, But the point being is I don't see enough upside in these types of dropshipping businesses where I would recommend it. Because if someone's doing this as a side hustle or their entry point, they're likely doing it because they want a bigger financial reward. Totally. And I just think, well, you're going to learn all these dropshipping skills and all this stuff into it has value, but it's like versus other opportunities. I just couldn't recommend it. I think there's better plays and things that probably have much more longevity. I, I get your point. But I'm like, man,
0: sales and marketing in business is so powerful, and this is almost like a business model that forces you to learn how to sell and market. Yeah, so that's where I say
1: it. affiliate marketing is a better opportunity.
0: No, I could see that. I could totally, I, I could totally see affiliate marketing marketing can be. But even that is just like drop shipping a, a different product.
1: But no, I get you. All right, so you. let's go to the second part of this question then, which I think is uh, quite important. If you were going to start a drop shipping business today, how would you approach it?
0: I'm gonna ask you a quick question. Have you ever thought about reopening another one?
1: Yeah, I have, and that's why I was like, I'm so eager to answer this question because, like, I've practically got a plan mapped out.
0: Have <laughs> you? So I, so after I sold out and after I closed the other ones, I'm like, I re replayed back, going, "What would I do as a dropshipping business?" And a, and here is what I represented. I'm like, all I need is I need a product that can't be damaged through shipping because. We had so many products damaged, like crazy. And so that sucked as well, right? It was horrendous. And um, so I'm like, cool, I need something that can't get damaged or is probability of it getting damaged is quite low. I'm like, I need it to be able to be shipped in it, like, uh, you know, the letter-sized envelopes, like in a letter-sized envelope? Like it has to fit in there and I have to be able to have some way to support it within the country that I'm shipping to. So uh, let's just say... Imagine I'm selling things just to Australia. I would need to be able to make sure I could ship it around Australia for like a couple of bucks.
1: Now it doesn't the, sound like drop shipping if you're already thinking about shipping, right? Shipping on the drop side of it. Hear me, hear me on the
0: other side. Because then, if I find those products and find someone else who's selling those types of products, then it's easy for me to set up a brand, set up a website, sell it, take take the arbitrage. So I buy it for. 10 bucks and sell it for 15 for example but then when they start trying to do margin compression i can extract it out and do it myself
1: oh so you're building in a risk mitigator to like you want to work in a niche where you can work out the marketing and sales and then potentially take it in house to expand margin do you know what if you were going to approach it in that way i reversed my comment earlier about like would i do drop shipping because maybe drop shipping would be the way to establish your niche or know a market you can play in, and then the end game of this is you're making your own products completely. So you basically, you essentially, what you're doing is you're allowing other people to
0: find to allow you to find the good product market fit. You're then taking the feedback and insights from your customers to find out what you would tweak and improve on the product, and then and it will always happen. Margin compression will happen, but you know that I, dude, I can warehouse this thing, I can ship this thing, I can do all of it. No matter what. So it's like, cool, man, compress my margins. No worries. I got my backup plan. All you're doing is you're stacking my bank account so that I can go and buy my stock myself.
1: Any thoughts or views around niching if you were going to go this approach? Because I know this is the big thing in drop shipping is like you've got to find some avenues where you potentially have a bit of a blue ocean. Yeah. We know now just no to else. describe this, like the side of a drop shipping business that's pretty difficult is actually traffic. So mm-hmm. whether it's ads or SEO The more competitive the space you play in, the harder it is and the more players you're playing against. Any thoughts or considerations around this? Totally. So I would want something that is a bit of a
0: higher product like price point. So I'd love it. If if I could find a product that was like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, fit it in an envelope and I can ship it off, I'm I'm happy with it. So then my brain goes, what niches do they exist in? And it's like babies, weddings and like maybe some corporate stuff. Right. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, cool.
1: I love hey, you pick change markets, by the way.
0: Massive. Oh, and then funerals is like another one. So it's like easy to package, an emotional purchase. Like, money's not really a challenge when they come into these things. And that's, that's the type of niches that I would go. Because if you're trying to sell to every female who is a fitness pe- person, it's like you're just going to get squeezed and your price, your profit per piece that you sell is going to be too small like so I'd go high price point I could charge a bit more
1: get a bit more profit margin and then take it back in now if necessary. You have approached this so differently than I have approached this. I <laughs> think there was so much pain of all the things that I did that I wish I didn't do. <laughs> C- completely. I mean right. you actually niche pretty well the first time. I will say like chicken coops is quite obscure
0: and I like it. It, it was funny because I knew that everyone was going organics and I was like this thing's going to grow. And I, I went. To, I went to China. I did the trade shows. Dude, I even got. Uh, I even got a chicken coop design done by an architectural firm. Dude, I've still I got this, like it. a sixty-page yeah. print off. Like it's fantastic. So, how would you approach it? I'm curious now.
1: Very differently. I love this already. Yeah. So, what I uh, just for the distinction first, and then I'll go into it. In, in the way you have spoken about doing this is like you're very much gone like product route, and then like absorb into the bigger game. Which I just think is awesome. And then you even thought about change markets, which is like babies and weddings, right? So change markets are when people make a change in their life and then they're forced to spend money. So as an example, if someone has a kid, well, suddenly they have to buy nappies of some kind. Oh, you could go free range and just get a hose, but even then you spent money on a hose. So you still spend money. And the water to hose down the child. So money getting spent. Can't get out of it. Change markets. I haven't thought about hosing down Jack at all. I was going to say, I'm like, I totally wonder where this came from. <laughs> as Jack yeah, or if, you, if you're going to get married, I mean, I don't know about this grand. I mean, you don't spend any money on your wedding, did you? It's like, man, talk about emotional purchases. Like, it's irrational. I yeah, so irrational markets are, are quite interesting because there's often a lot of profit in them. Completely. Which is why I'm going the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Something you do, totally. Yeah, so what... What I've put a lot of thought into is that if I was going to go into drop shipping, do you know what was really the hardest part and the most expensive part? What? Traffic. Fair, fair. Right. So if I'm going to go into a market and do a drop shipping business, I want to go into a market where I can acquire a customer and then keep selling them more stuff or recurringly sell them more stuff. I think that's a really important thing for me is like picking a market. And I actually quite like hobbyist markets. So cyclists, golf tennis sports like things that have continued following where people continue to spend money and ideally ones where they will buy a product and then potentially like uh, education product with it can can i throw something in on what fucking not to do if anyone is listening to this and
0: like oh my god dog food please no god help me no <laughs> like it's just not not a great subscription model <laughs> Like Pets is a great niche, though I will say it's a great niche. I'm just like it's just there are there are niches that people have done this to death. What about uh,
1: subscription coffee, Charlie?
0: Like done to death?
1: Oh, <laughs> we're getting to the stage of my plan, though, Grant. Right, so just get, just work with me on this right now, All right? So just imagine you go into one of these spaces. Like I'm looking for consumables. I'm looking for recurring purchases. I'm looking for things where if I acquire a customer. I can keep marketing to them through email marketing or lists or that they need to keep refilling things like shaving blades, potentially dollar Mm. shave club. They killed it. Crushed it. But I'm looking for that type of niche first. I'm not doing one-time products. I'm just not doing it. Yep. So then the second side of this is like, we've spoken about this a little bit already about is like protecting the margin. And then I want to be able to charge more than other people. So how do you do that? And there's a, Great example of this where it's like if, for example, and like I'm still so impressed with how this person does business, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. So Kim Kardashian and if she recommends a makeup product, even if it's more, people will buy it because they are buying it from Kim Kardashian. Right. So there's this whole leverage on when you've got a strong brand, people will spend more on a similar product because it's branded in a certain way and it comes with a level of trust. Totally. So, once I've picked my niche, I'm becoming the Kim Kardashian of this niche so that I am a, someone people want to purchase from, right? Because if I've got that, I know I'll be able to protect my margin. And then here's the last piece of my plan. You ready for it? Yeah. yeah. When I have a brand like Kim Kardashian's, I'm going to go to my suppliers and say, you only sell from me or I'm not selling it. Because now I have power. You have to, yeah, you have to create the power there's so
0: many questions. We could do an entire episode about this question.
1: Well, this could end up the whole episode. right. <laughs> and process. I'm completely fine with that. So, feel free to ask questions. Feel okay, free to so, open this one up.
0: So, this is awesome. So, there's a couple of things. On my dropshipping businesses that I had in the past, I would actually use educational products as a form of bringing people in. So, <sighs> like... You, the,
1: it's what I did on the Rogaine. Uh, I had a hair loss so, CD without a
0: no way. That's amazing. Yeah. So, like, we had um, the... What was it? It was like... Uh, what was it? It was a backyard chickens, like how-to guide. It was like a backyard ferrets and guinea pigs. and It was like crazy. And all we do is just promote these things and then just start pushing people to it. And then we tried to become affiliates of like local pet stores and like try to sell like budgies and stuff. And so it was just like, hey, cool.
1: So let's play this through. Ch- Charlie's doing makeup. It's, a just, it's an item where I love this one because it's a consumable. People yep. use it and have to refill. They also buy multiple products across yep. their lifespan. Um, so, it doesn't. a lot of it won't break in the post. Right? It's a yep. lot of really good wins in this market. right? So, I'm Kim Kardashian in this example and I say, do you know what? I'm going to sell this product but I'm also going to include a tutorial of me using the product. So, if you want to see how I use this product, subscribe to the email list, head over to
0: businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter, put in your name and email and Charlie will show you how to use his makeup. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm curious. So, here i got a question for you because we obviously had different experiences. So one of the challenges that I had with drop dropshipping um, because, again, the, the the people that I was using were actually uh, going direct to consumers as well and I was just picking up their product and shipping it, which means that quite a lot of the products, not all, had their branding on it. And so I'd like flog it and then people would find out where it's from and they'd get a little bit upset. And I'm like, meh, it is what it is. Like I'm just not having a return customer from them. If you were to build like a personality around this, um, is it that they ship it out completely like unbranded or would you go and try and find suppliers and products where you could talk to a drop shipper who would like stamp a Charlie's makeup on the front of it or something? Like, how would how, I'm
1: just curious. Uh, well, this is how I actually got into trouble in the men's hair loss business. Charlie's right, so, hair loss. All right. So Charlie has this genius idea. It's like, why are we selling Rogaine's products? Like why don't we sell our own? Now, it turns out if you order a concoction of chemicals from China in a brand you've made up and ship it into the country, there's some rules with that. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> Didn't even cross my mind. It's just like- and I'm sitting there. I'm talking to this guy on the phone, right? He's like, oh, look, we've got, your, um, we've got your shipment in customs clearance. Do you have these documents for like what's actually in these bottles you've brought into the country? I'm like, oh, it's hair loss products. He's like, yeah, but have you got this? And he's like, so what's actually in these? And I'm like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) You're the type of guy that goes to the airport with a see-through bag of protein powder.
1: It's like, guys, it's protein powder. In this example, I was. And it's like (laughs) I just was so gullible to what the supplier had told me. It could have been water in them. I wouldn't have known.
0: So, so good.
1: but um anyway, we'll leave that story for another day about how Charlie like messed up that business. but great learning experience this was my first business I was kind of working through. I actually lost that whole shipment if because they had to dispose of it because there was no totally. proof of what it is totally. and I had to pay for it to be disposed of as well. just so you know of course of course you did. anyway. Anyway, we'll leave that there. So let's come back around to this from here. Is that um, in the idea that in my dropshipping business, which I'm going to argue is probably slightly better than yours at this point, just yeah, saying? Yeah, no,
0: no, oh, man, the second you called it Charlie's makeup, I was in.
1: I'm through it. I feel like I've uh, got you on board. I'll burn my boats. It's fine. Yeah. So, what I really put attention to in my way of doing dropshipping is building a moat, something that's defendable. So, in my idea, even if my supplier is selling to the market and I'm selling to the market and we've both got the same brand, people are still going to buy from me and they're still going to want my tutorial mm-hmm. in this example. So I'm less concerned about that, but this is where the power plays come through it. So think, you know, real here, if Kim Kardashian went to Maybelline's, like, I want you to buy Kim on this. They probably would. Totally. Right? So it's like, I look towards some of those things and I can't speak for Maybelline. Obviously, that's a speculation. But when you have brand power, people are willing to do things that they won't do from other people. And now you are building something of strength. And then there is always the idea of that if you are selling someone's product and they start to push back, I'll get it from somewhere else.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> the only experience that I had. So I, I completely get. Like the only thing that I had was customers getting real pissy when <laughs> when they would buy something from me for six hundred fifty bucks and then find out they can get it for five hundred fifty <laughs> direct from someone else because it was the name that sat on the box. And just like, ah, it's, Completely,
1: you've got no power.
0: Yeah, and so then my repeat customers were just like, no, nah, we're just going to go to the other because funnily enough, they got better customer support because we would have to, they'd have to go through us to get to them to come back to us, to get back out to them and everything. Um, So hear me out on this. Imagine that we blended. Imagine that you and I created the dropshipping powerhouse.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually like, what are we doing right now? We should actually end this <laughs> podcast and start this because you're <laughs> thinking on the back end of things and eventually being able to do your own products. Totally- and I'm like, that's a way better idea. Totally. But and instead of me doing
0: affiliate sales, like you actually go on
1: other, ah, let's
0: go and sell some educational products So let's go like upsells are killer. And the subscription model is fantastic. I've seen people do that. Um, I've seen people do it horrifically as well where they were like so dependent upon subscription and I'm just like, just tanked. But their one-offs was great. So Dude, I think
1: like, it's funny our biases have kicked in here that I've gone completely marketing and sales focused. And you've gone A completely product. product focused.
0: It's like the greatest summary of who you and I are. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, just just lean into your channel. This is, this is great. Um, but it's funny because my brain also goes straight to like SEO, which is just like ranking. I'm like, oh, I wonder where some products are that I could just decimate. I'm like, I'm sure I could do like baby christening bracelets or like baptism bracelets. See, I really don't like that stuff anymore, though. No, Have I, don't, not- I don't,
1: don't. So just to throw this into the thinking that I think is important to voice for this audience. I really don't like SEO or people who use Google search ads in that style of way because I just feel like it's not defendable. It's definitely not. No chance. And the costs of those things have gone up exorbitantly over time and I don't see that it's going to slow down. Yeah. Like I can't, for example, do you think it's going to get easier to rank for mortgage broker Melbourne? Like, yeah,
0: health insurance. No, it's like it's so expensive. And so challenging, especially with established brands in there. Like it's difficult.
1: Yeah. So when I look towards those things, I'm almost dismissing them now because it's like if you get into that camp and become dependent on it, well, now you've got to spend money on defending it. Totally. Would you you try and be the face of the business or would you try and get someone else? I think it depends on the niche.
0: Yeah. And the person who's running the business in my opinion.
1: Yeah, completely. So, I mean, in makeup, I don't know. I might actually do a right in makeup because it's so far off brand that it's obscure, it might get attention. <laughs> you become like the Stan Smith. <laughs> Just, <laughs> see Fantastic. what I mean? It like, might actually work because it's so bad. Um, but then on the other side of things, it's like if I was able to uh, employ someone of the talents like Kim Kardashian or Ambassadors mm. or something like that, then, of course, that would be a much stronger fit. I'm... Actually, don't mind. I reckon it, I, I totally reckon we could blend
0: and crush because I like your subscription. I could totally see some some subscription plays.
1: Well, I'll go further than this. Uh, when you think about hobbyists, what if you were to get into a hobby you knew? So, if you're a cyclist and you got into cycling, is it really a stretch for you to be the face of your brand? You know the products. You know, have an understanding of things. You can make video reviews of how to use it. Like, is it, and tons of YouTubers. This has been the whole you know start a passion business type thing. So if you had that type of product knowledge, a severe advantage as well, or looking at what we're both having a lot of fun with at the moment, which is golf. Yeah. So similar thing. And that's a great one as well because it's got a perfect blend of like products and services you could sell.
0: (laughs) From two guys that are literally clicking on golf reels on Facebook to make sure the algorithm gives us more ads of things to buy.
1: Well consider this as well. You don't I think a lot of people don't do this because they go, Oh we'll use golf as the example here. Oh, I'm not any good at golf. Why would anyone want to see tutorials of me? It's like people don't necessarily relate to Tiger Woods. Totally. So they relate to people that are beginners or intermediates and like often that can be your avenue as being relatable. I like that. I
0: would actually lean towards if someone was if someone was listening to this saying, okay, I'm I'm down with the drop shipping. I think there's a couple of key points. Do you reckon I can summarize some? Go for it. All right, sweet. I think to your point, I think one of the key elements is to ensure that you have the ability to market and create your own moat, right? And I think if your concept of marketing is, oh, there's not as many people ranking on Google or maybe there's some paid ads I can throw up somewhere, like think a little bit further, think a little bit long-term because that's when you get it squeezed out. Like so to your point about how do you go and create a brand I think it's key. And it actually leads me to the second one, which is I would I would lean in and say, if you can't be the brand yourself, at least to get this thing started, maybe second question, what are you gonna do?
1: Access to ambassadors would be okay as well. I'm completely cool with that. So just consider this right now. Did Kim Kardashian siblings do all right?
0: <laughs> no, I I know, but I'm like, how
1: many people have that? Like as a as an 80 20. I think that that is severely misrepresented and I'll tell you why. Yeah, go. Okay. Do you know what's really funny in the cycling niche, which is a niche I know very well? Do you know how many high-performing cyclists there are out there with like Instagram followings that make no money? <laughs> that is fair. It's probably similar with golf where we know some really good golfers
0: that have a decent following that aren't utilising.
1: Yeah, so if you're in some of these niches, like because they're passionate in doing anyway, cooking, another great one. I mean, like, it's fair. Man, how much cooking content do I make and blast on Instagram? Egg, how yeah. is someone not trying to monetize this right now is the real question. But anyway.
0: <laughs> just throw uh, it out there.
1: I'm still surprised Lululemon hasn't knocked on our door, by the way. Just saying. If they weren't the most profitable store by square footage, you know, maybe we'd get there. But anyway, point being is that's the consideration. So yeah. I really do think there's a lot more access to ambassadors. Obviously, we're not talking Kim Kardashian level, but if you're playing in one of these smaller niches, Tons of opportunity.
0: No, fair. Tons. Oh, no. I, I support them.
1: Uh, my third one uh,
0: is coming in. I, I like your concept around like the subs- – I know I'm going to make my third one, the ability to transfer it back in-house. So if you're using somebody else to drop ship, I'm like, you just need to make sure you have the ability to pivot and do it yourself. And so the smaller products is what I've found to be easier. So like your example of makeup, fantastic like i I love that um then the fourth one which is yours is is there an ability to put some kind of subscription or even some kind of upsell
1: like how do you some kind of repeat sale there has to be a way to make multiple sales to the same customer otherwise you end up in that traffic game which is just not the game how many um how many things have you seen now where you buy the thing for like
0: 500 bucks and it's like ten dollars a month after like the aura ring did that where it's like buy the ring for a couple hundred bucks and then it's like 10 bucks a month the whoop did the same thing where they're just trying to pivot to that that subscription model of have gone like here it is pay for it and then in order to keep getting the benefits you just have to pay per month
1: yeah so I, i'm just gonna put an interesting spin on that um i think people view these things the wrong way at times like i'm to put it out there if someone can keep selling me products that are going to help me achieve a result do it. Mm. Like I think too often as business owners, we're like, oh, can we offer them something else? Like Grant, you and I, again, I will we'll keep bringing up golf now. Why not? Um, we're both into golf. If someone can market us golfing products that will make our golf experience better, will we buy them? Oh, well, as long as I don't need to change who I am or how I swing, definitely. Did I have an unlimited well, budget? That's the but silver bullet in that market. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the point being is like keep selling customers things. They want to keep buying your solutions. Be the one they want to buy from. Like, There's a massive, massive opportunity in that for many businesses today. And that doesn't just apply to this drop shipping thing. I'm going to call it out right now. Every business owner that listens to this podcast, you're missing opportunities to sell your clients more things to help them more. I'm certain of it.
0: You and I actually have
1: conversations about that specific thing
0: like multiple times. Like it is, it's powerful. Um, and then the, those four would probably be the biggest takeaways. Like we've spoken about a whole heap of other things, but I'm like, if if you are looking at dropshipping, saying like I want to, so to your use your term, to cut the teeth, dude, those four would be almost like principles to live and die by.
1: It's funny what comes through the power of experience, Grant, isn't it? Were you thinking about any of these things when you had your first crack at dropshipping?
0: <laughs> no one was talking about it. Man, this is probably the greatest dropshipping course ever in 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> don't, wait, we don't We should shut down the media company. Like, this is a great <laughs> idea. <I'm> like, <laughs> we should, I mean. It would actually be a great story if we started this podcast, shut down the media company because of a podcast episode we made about ourselves. It just seemed like such a good idea and then took over the world in, in dropshipping. And then we shut the podcast down. (laughs) No, we're going to start a new podcast on dropshipping and then sell a course on how to do dropshipping for nine nine seven. What
0: are you talking about, man? It's going to be a podcast on makeup to sell your products. (laughs) Get people in. Man, I'll become an expert. Don't worry about it. Watch me. I know all about foundation and whatever other stuff girls use.
1: Brilliant. I feel like we should wrap this episode up. I was going to
0: say, did you want to do a second? No. All good. For anyone who's listening to this, if you're like holy moly, you guys are pretty good at breaking down business models and have had a lot of experience, i put it out there. I
1: don't we've think had anyone was thinking else. that. I don't know Absolutely. where that camera came from. You were looking for a <laughs> finisher and it just didn't get there. I was trying for a pivot into yeah, dude, you don't want to be someone source. that likes your own posts, right? No one likes that guy. Maybe that's why people don't like me, Charlie.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, I like my own post. I like our email newsletter. If you want to join, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your name and email. And I might send out an email one of these days. I have done some in the past. Just want to say thank you very much, Charlie. This is an awesome, hilarious episode.
1: Now you're saying your own episode is awesome. We're going to calm this down, right? Calm this down. Let the audience decide. Let's finish this one. Catch you on the next episode.